Can you hear me? That's how it works, yeah, normally. <coughs> this is a microphone. These are headphones. And it just it's just amazing. It's too early in the morning to talk about that, mate. Too <laughs> this is the earliest one we've ever done. Eight o'clock. Yeah, it's early. It's not that early. Well, says the bloke who's on the Today Show at six in the morning. Yeah, but get up, mate. Yeah, no, it's the best time up. of the day. I was up. It's the best time of the day. It's not really. really you, go, you go jogging on the beach and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I just do a bit of a hike. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and yeah. end with a jog. You are hiking? I've never, <laughs> never pictured that. That's a that's a new one. Do you, ever, you? do you ever do stuff with your kids? Like you get out? No. Do they say, oh, let's go ride our bikes, Dad, or something like that? No. Do you ever do that? No, we don't ride bikes. Do you not do anything like no. go for a walk down we've the been, beach? We've or? been for a walk in the bush. We've got a bush near us. Okay. That's lovely. Yeah, well, you do live out in the sticks. Of course, you got bush near. We you. literally have sticks near us. There you go. It's just full. You on. are in the sticks, literally. Um, you know, you've done a lot of uh, training, exercise stuff. Uh, is there any difference <laughs> in terms of uh, burning of Fat, calorie, whatever, in terms of exercising, morning versus evening? Yeah, I feel morning, for morning's better because you get it out of the way. No, no, so I'm, I'm not talking oh, about... Oh, you mean health-wise? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm apparently... Daniel Kowalski, I remember before the 2004 Olympic Games, which I was producing at GB, yep. I remember doing an OB somewhere, an outside broadcast somewhere, bloody no, middle yep. of nowhere, RSL club or something. And I don't know, I was obviously, talk, I was fat then and I'm fat now, but <laughs> we're talking about losing weight. And he yeah. said to me, you've got to train in the morning. Right. And I went, I'll stop you at training, and I said, walk. <laughs> but I see, the problem yeah, is that's it's different for different people. But here's the thing. That's literally stuck in my head. Yeah, okay. And so I feel like I'm going to achieve nothing by walking at night. No, that's not right. I think if you walk at night after dinner, I think it's a good thing, sort of you're right. burning your dinner. But it's just different things work for different people. It, okay. If you're a morning person, like I find if I, if I don't train in the morning, I'm going to get too busy during the day and I'm likely to, to say, well, I'm too busy, I can't train in the afternoon. Mm. So that's why, for me, morning's better because I just want to get it out of the way and do it just so my day doesn't take over. Forget Barry's boot camp. This is two <laughs> bucks boot camp. That's it. Hey, We should do a We sign camp. you up. Let's do it together. We'll do, do a boot camp. You want to do a session together? A session? Uh, we'll do a gym session together. No, because I played Call of Duty with you and you smashed no, me. No, I'm not going to smash you in this I time. I think you will. It'll be funny. I've never been to a gym. Well, it's it's a we can the idea of doing a session with we you. Can do, scares uh, me. We can either like, do genuinely. like a like a forty five minute um, like cardio session, like you know they have their you know all the different stations. Forty five minutes. Yeah, well, we'll do a shorter if you want, or we'll do a weight session. We'll do like you know, chest, arms. Have they got like back five hundred gram things? Yeah, there's a couple of cotton buds you'll be able to use <laughs> if you want. Because I don't, I'm not, I don't want to spoil the potential EFTM podcast this week, but. I think it's going to come to a head on the FTM podcast. I think yeah. a lot of fat blokes talking oh, about losing weight. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you know I'm what we I'm should do? <laughs> Here's what we should do. I'm prepared yeah. to commit yeah. in advance to my commitment on the FTM podcast. Yeah. I'm prepared to commit to training yeah. and podcasting. Okay. We could so, do that. We could. So, you we come schedule, here, we'll train, and then we'll do the podcast. I think we should do it the other way around. So, podcast first. Because yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to be. You might be hammered. <laughs> and uh, LG's yeah. announced yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair call. We could do. We could like if yeah, we if have we some stations. If we actually planned our yeah. weeks in advance properly. Yeah, and went radio Wednesday mornings is podcast and slash training. So training, training after the podcast. Yeah, interesting. Okay, no? I'm up for that. I mean, see, we could do the podcast early, mate. I don't want to break it to you, but we could do it at eight. Understand and be training by nine fifteen. I'm with you. I'm. I'm already uncomfortable with the commitment I've made to the thought of anything to do with Trev. Well, we'll see how we go. Look, All right. It's, uh, well, you know, we're not getting any younger, Trev. You've got to keep your really? body. You've got to keep your body in the best shape. It's unbelievable. If you can, yes. we're not getting younger. No, especially you. Yeah. Two blokes talking to. 
Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Let's get straight into it. Episode 397. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Uniden. In about two hours from now, three hours from now, we're going... It's actually a long way away. We're going to an event in the city. So by the time you're listening to this... We'll actually have the full news, but I think we can have a good conversation now about yep. what Foxtel are going to announce. So we both got an invite to an event uh, hosted by Foxtel CEO Patrick Delaney, uh, which describes... Some weeks ago, too, that yep, invitation came. Which, which describes itself as being um, unveiling the new Foxtel experience. And the thing that confused me, and I think I might have mentioned this to you in a previous show, but confused me was the invite talked about it, the, the actual location was Foxtel experience and an address, and I thought... Oh, hang on! Are they just opening like a you know experience store yeah. where you can go in and play with Foxtel and use it? I actually contacted them and said, "Listen, is it just a store that you're opening? Because with respect, I'm not coming." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they go, "No, no, it's something more interesting. It's major." Uh, I said, "They said you're going to be there." I said, "There's a seventy percent chance I'll be there." Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, I'm solid. That's that's a big okay. for me. Fair enough. Anyway, then um, uh, I was I came across some images yep. of a remote control, a Foxtel remote control. Yep. With a Netflix button on it. Yeah. And I ran that story a week or so ago saying, well, this is huge. I mean, a Foxtel remote with a Netflix button on it means we're getting a Foxtel app or Foxtel software upgrade on the IQ 3, maybe 4, 4 maybe 3, mm-hmm. um, to include a Netflix app. That's huge. And then a little while later, I got some additional info, some screenshots of the new interface. And it's very, very clear to me that what they're doing is announcing literally a new experience, a new way to interact with the Foxtel box. So if you imagine now, they've got a pretty good interface. You know, it's kind of tiered. You've got your, um, your one level at the top says recordings and then it mm-hmm. goes, you kind of you got live, tab down. Catch up, yep. So well, the way I see that, see it now is it's going to be very much like a Netflix or Stan. You know, it's a, it's a it's a library right in your face, visual library of content with with on-demand content playing a key role in the, the display. When you click the menu button, so on the remote there's a movies button a TV shows button, a sport button, and a Netflix button. Right. Okay? So, they're, so they're bringing, so they're bringing their own content, their own linear catch up, and then they're given the option of Netflix as well. Yeah, and I think what they're doing is they're putting the catch up stuff more prominently within their Foxtel box. Yeah, the broadcast channels are still there, but the the catch up content is much easier to get to. The Netflix yeah. button is basically a negotiation on Netflix's part. Very smart. If they're going to have the app, that you get in the button, which is yeah. very common for Netflix. But I don't believe, and we're waiting to see, but I don't believe there's going to be deep integration with Netflix. I think there's just going to be a Netflix app on, on the box. I've, I've been asking myself why. Like, Obviously, the Netflix is has, is pretty major in Australian homes. There's, mm. what is it, more than 8 million users in Australia? Depends uh, who you ask. You know, Roy right? Morgan's numbers yeah. are 8.4 million Foxtel, Foxtel is only quite small compared to that. So two million users, according to Roy Morgan. No, th- five million, according five to Roy million. Morgan. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's what's the deal then? Why why do this? Is this a case of if you can't beat them, join them? Sort well, of keep keep your friends close and your enemies closer. How does this work? So I see it as this, right? So if you imagine now, this is how Netflix will appear on the Foxtel box. It's just an app. It's just under apps. Yeah. There's Netflix. So it's is not it, like isn't Netflix already an app on the Foxtel Go box? Yeah, yeah, but that's very that's different. Right? We're yeah, talking yeah. about IQ subscribers here. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're big value subscribers. So the, it's just an app. It's just like loading it on any other box. Mm. But here's the thing. <clears throat> when you look at that Venn diagram that Roy Morgan's done, and, and I don't know if you've got that at Tech Guide, but it's at EFTM.com, yep. there's an overlap, right? So of 5 million Foxtel users, 3 million of them already have Netflix. 
So the benefit there is, right, well, they're only ever using one remote. Let's let's If they're going to use Netflix, yeah. let's keep them in the Foxtel environment so that when they're finished watching Stranger Things, they press sport, they press TV shows, they press movies, they're, okay. they're getting another Foxtel thing. For the other 2 million subscribers of Foxtel who don't have Netflix, they've now got a Netflix button and they go, what's this? They've heard about it, yeah. so they click it and they subscribe. So Netflix gets an upside of potential 2 million new customers and Foxtel get the the kind of ecosystem to, to be retention. owned by then. Yeah. Retention, yeah. They're, they're, they're reducing their churn. Mm. So I do see advantage for both of them. I don't believe it's a financial deal. I can't imagine that Foxtel would pay Netflix or Netflix would pay Foxtel. I think it's kind of win-win for both of them. I think it's Foxtel want to keep them keep customers on their platform. That's right. And whether, whether Netflix is there, they want to keep them in that platform. Yep. So when they, even when they get out of an ex- exit Netflix – they're exiting through the gift shop sort it's, of thing. The, they're in they're in the Foxtel exactly. environment. It's spot on. You know, the gift yeah. shop is the perfect analogy. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go to Movie World, right, Movie World is Foxtel. If you're going to then go in and, and muck around with one go of on the a rides, ride. yeah, you which is come Netflix, off. Yeah. when you get off, there's there's merchandise for that ride. Absolutely right. You know, so, and and this is what we don't know yet and we're speculating and, and I don't believe, and this is, I don't have any information, I literally just don't think that you'll be able to um, – purchase Netflix through your Foxtel account. I don't believe you'll be able to add it on. No, I doubt that too. I, yeah. I think it would They'll be keep that separate, a yeah. very smart They'll, thing for all yeah. of them. But, but but Foxtel would expect to clip the ticket if they're going to do and, that. And I don't think Netflix no. are going to give that up. Yeah. At best, at best, I think there'll be a, a free month. So for yeah. those two million who have isn't Foxtel, that already, isn't that already you get that yeah, with Netflix? But, do you know what I mean? Maybe it'll be three three months. You know, when yeah. when you click that app for the first time, bingo, you've got a free three months or something like that, mm-hmm. right? That makes some sense. So okay. I don't know, mate. I'm. I think so. There's a, there's going to be more to it, right? Because the other things on the remote control, there's a voice button too. Yeah. You better do voice control of your Foxtel box. Yeah. Now it's not active yet. I had someone test it for me, but you know you can imagine basically searching with your voice. That's cool. Yeah. But I worry about Foxtel. You know, Google, Siri, Amazon. They're, yeah. they're good, but they're not great. So you you come in with this weird third party thing. How good is it going to be at understanding you? Yeah. Like you can ask Siri to show me Clint Eastwood movies. Can, can I do that with Foxtel or am I just well, searching that's for pr- – that's probably what they're ah, trying to Clint achieve, Eastwood. yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be as good. What, what, so, so what's going to happen if you're a current IQ4 subscriber? This will just be a software upgrade or will – Yeah, so my guess is you'll get a software upgrade which will give you the Netflix app as a button in with your normal remote. Yep. And I don't know, are they going to just well, send, send out you a new remote? Yeah, or, yeah. or are they just, you have to ring up and ask for one? Because well, if they charge well, me for it, they can get stuffed. For a new remote, yeah. 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 Oh, I reckon they'll probably send it out. They'll give it to you. So what, gonna send how out, much would a remote cost? Well, there's five million subscribers, so let, let's say IQ four subscribers. There's yeah half a million or a million. So remember, that's the newest a of the. Uh, I can't yeah. see them posting out. Maybe you know you opt in to buy maybe twenty twenty five bucks or something thirty bucks to get it. So I remote. wouldn't do that. You wouldn't buy it? no because yeah. see here's what they're missing. It's great, but lots of people also have a TV with a Netflix button. Absolutely, yeah. So right. I don't mm. know. I I, I admire yeah. their courage, mm. but I wonder. To what the end game is and and how it plays out. I reckon it might be a free play. Then, if you're an IQ four subscriber, I reckon they chuck it in. I mean, you're IQ four subscriber. You, you you probably got the highest package anyway. Yeah, and you're four K. And you and, you're, and you, uh, you have you are you got satellite? You, you yeah. got Fox at your place? You yeah. haven't got the yeah. you got the IQ four. Yeah, because I got the satellite, got a satellite installed. Dish. That's right. Because I used to. Have I've cable. always had a satellite here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's another phase too, where people who want the IQ four uh, satellite dish as well. Because um, remember, they got to move everyone off the HFC, and, and, and that's that's free. when you subscribe, when you commit to like a year, two years, that's free installation. Isn't yeah, it? they're not going to charge you to put the box. Well, the satellite why, in. why would they charge you for the remote then? I reckon they'll give you the remote for free. Again, it depends. I guess it depends on your, your contract situation. Yeah. If you're if you're contracted, they'll probably just happily 
give you a remote. But if you're not contracted, you go yeah. month to month, good luck getting a free remote. I don't think it's a deal break if you don't have the remote. You can still access the service. You just don't exactly. have a dedicated button. Like, Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. But this uh, the research from Roy Morgan's interesting now in their comments. And the, I like this comment here where they're saying that this is a defensive measure to help prevent existing Foxtel subscribers ditching the service to move to cheaper alternatives. Yeah. So uh, how many? that's what I'd like to know. How many Foxtel customers have said, said stuff this, I'm just going to have Netflix? See, I, I don't believe that's a big number. I've got no doubt it's, yeah. it's a number. But there's 2.7 million homes with Foxtel, right? So that's how they get the 3 million number. Obviously, there's more than one person in a home. But I just don't see people leaving. Like you think about your wife and my wife, and yep. there's just things you watch yeah, that might not be on Netflix and Stan. Yeah, definitely not. No, and, and I would so not. I would. I watch way. I watch a lot of content on Foxtel. Foxtel's done a great job. In still don't know how you get the time. I really don't. Uh, I, I don't know. We just find time, night, morning, day, whatever. And, and it, you know, the viewing habits of Stephen Fennick. But I, I, I it's watch, a whole other show. I watch stuff late at night. You know, middle of the day, yeah. like having a quick break. I'm watching something. Quick break. Uh, it's yeah. not not a tough life. No, nah, but leave. like having like when I write a couple of articles, watch I, some Foxtel. No, no. When I meet my lunch or something, I might watch like a thirty minute episode of a show that I'm yeah, uh, that yeah. I'm into. So, um, but yeah, I, I watch a lot of Foxtel, and they've got some great content. coming Coming up, they, they, mm. they did a great job post Game of Thrones. Like obviously, Game of Thrones was massive for them. Yeah. And post Game of Thrones, they've got this amazing lineup, and that they 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 promoted the hell out of it during Game of Thrones mm. of all these great shows coming up that aren't on Netflix. That the only place you can watch them. Like a, a great recent example is uh, Big Little Lies. That's yes, been a massive show. Thing. Yeah, that's only the finale was just the other day, and they've got all this other great content that's rolling out. So good on them for having. That, that's what keeps people in the, 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 the bums in seats that they're having great content. Netflix is the same, but uh, you know, good on Foxtel for p- extending the hand to, to yeah. Netflix to say, well, uh, join us here in this amazing environment. It'll be interesting to see how Patrick Delaney approaches this and what pricing mechanisms are involved and whether there's any changes to plans or anything like that in the, in the coming uh, weeks and months as well. So interesting times for Foxtel. If you're a Foxtel customer, let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy, at Stephen Fennick, at Trevor Long. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. The NBN seems to does that really fire up your readers? It does. Oh, it fires up my readers. I, that's like that's dead set clickbait. Just having NBN in the headline. I put it on Facebook this morning yeah. just to get some engagement. I had twenty seven yeah. comments in half an hour. There you go. Because yeah. you know everyone's got an opinion about the NBN. I wrote a story last week about how they've hit one gigabit per per second speeds on yeah. HFC, and that that story melted as well. That was good. <laughs> but today they were talking about. Uh, this is quite a milestone. They've, they've yeah. now gone past the 10 million mark yeah. in homes and businesses being connected. And they've, they say there's, it's less than a year before they finish it. Yeah. Before the the, the main build, of course. But the, something's never finished. You know, whenever you build a house, anyone will tell you <laughs> it's never finished. You're always doing stuff. So, so this, the spot-on numbers are this. Ready to connect homes, 10 million 5,024. There are 10,5,024 homes that can connect to the NBN. Yep. Now, the number that are physically connected, so have rung a telco, have had a modem installed, all that kind of stuff, 5.654 million okay. homes. So 10 million connected and only no. just over 5 million that have decided to take up the offer. Correct. Right. So that's they've right. got their – it's available. That's right. And so, so that's just only oh, just over half. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a touch over half. So right. it's about 60, 60 something percent. But a couple what of things to take into note. Well, a couple <laughs> of things to take into note. Firstly, the the total number of homes is eleven point six million uh, in Australia. In, in Australia, yeah. that's the number they're they're t- yeah. they're going towards. And the NBN business plan only has seventy five percent of people connecting anyway. Like they don't they know that there's going to be twenty five percent of people who either don't need it. Uh, don't yeah, want it. Got other services. Got other yeah. services, right? Yeah. So if you take the five point six million that are physically connected today against the seventy five percent of the eleven point six, we're at about sixty five percent of homes that will be connected are connected. So sixty five percent with twelve months left on the build. But remember, on on the last day of a shovel being turned or whatever the heck goes on, um, it's eighteen months after that that those people have got to They've connect. They've got to connect, yeah, correct. So there's yeah. still two and a half years before we get to the point where the 11.6 million homes are all at, at at crunch time. So I think they must have had a bit of a spurt then with their connections. I think in the last year they must have connected a few million homes, like well, two, two and a half million homes. Here, oh, I didn't get to say this stuff. I forgot this morning, but um, it's, it's brilliant. 1,000 properties are connected, as in take an NBN service. Yeah not ready to connect, take an NBN service every hour of the working day. Wow. 1,000 an hour of, of the working day. The, the, so they're people that have got the connection and decide to take up an NBN That's service. That's right, yeah. So uh, 1,000 per not, not hour. Not to be a pain, but it's, it's, it's confusing to say connection. So ready to connect is what ready we call connect, your yeah. house is yep. available. Yep. And connected means you, you've, you've got a – So NBN available got, and then connected is the correct. next step. Right. And – and that's a bit like here's the thing. These are massive numbers. Well, what choice do we have? Like, oh, you, you, need, you need the internet. You need the internet. And yeah. some people don't. Like, I had an email this morning that someone was complaining about landlines and you know, the cost of this and running yeah. the line. I said, listen, if you're worried about the cost of the electrician for 150 bucks to run a cable somewhere to plug your phone line into your bedside, yeah. uh, get a mobile. Go to Boost Mobile. Pay yeah. 12 months in advance, 150 bucks. And you've got yeah. a mobile phone for twelve dollars a month, unlimited calls and texts. But even a land- you don't need a landline, folks. Well, no, but I've got a landline. I do radio. That's what I do. My radio. They ring me up when I'm at home. I said, ring me on the landline. Yeah. So, but if for that customer who wants a, a phone in the bedroom, there's plenty of of um, no trust cord, me, mate, cordless this, phones this where was, you plug one downstairs and have five. King, King Nark. Okay. Like, trust me. Okay. The, the the detail in the email was extreme. King You're Nark. Right. You know, we're talking. You know. Every bit of the house concerned that that there's a, 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 an investment required to make it mm-hmm. uh, old school ready under the NBN. Yeah, but here's the thing: the real problem here is there's still a, a I guess a stigma about the NBN. I get that. I get that. Mm. And there are definitely still some problems connecting. But I'm telling you, it's like one percent or less of people that have pro- yeah. problems. Ninety nine percent of people get the NBN without a problem. But when they have an issue, it's actually not the NBN. It's in their house. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if I told you this story on the podcast or off, or off, but when I was at someone's house recently to yeah. filming a story. Yeah, you told you this was on the podcast. What was it? What 100 was, um, meg it speeds. Was, it was yeah, Jonesy yeah. from WS. Jonesy, yeah, yeah. 100 meg speeds and 7 meg at the TV. It yeah. just needs a better Wi-Fi. Better Wi-Fi router. just needs yeah. an Orbi system, that, right? I, I did a segment on Weekend Sunrise a few weeks ago about that and how people, they're discovering that the modem slash router that the NBN provides – uh, the router half of it is basically rubbish mm. and that if you need proper Wi-Fi, and as what you said, people think, oh, they do a speed test in the middle of their house and they get a crappy speed. They think, oh, my NBN's the NBN crap. rubbish, yeah. Then when they go connect their laptop to a modem with a cable and do the test, 
they're getting the speeds there the, of decent speeds. <laughs> so the problem is getting the wi- getting the Wi-Fi right, and that's part of this um, this release today that the NBN has. That apart from them telling people about the ten million homes that are connected, they're also trying to educate customers on the things they can do to get the most out of the connection, including. Mm. Uh, improving their Wi-Fi signal, so I think that I'd I'd hate to be on the 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 tech support desk at the NBN when people are blowing up saying my connection's rubbish, and they'll be saying, "Have you tried this?" See, I think the problem is people ring their telco <clears throat> and they get told. Well, so the telco doesn't want to admit. Here, here's our challenge: we've got the we've got the answer for you, folks. But the telco doesn't want to give you that answer because no. the telco doesn't want to admit that the thing they supplied you with doesn't actually provide the best Wi-Fi, but right? Why don't they, though? I don't understand. Uh, well, Telstra's got it smart because they've now got that extender for their yeah. little smart gateway motor, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, But they'll upsell you. So mm. it's, it, it, to, a, to a customer, that feels like I'm being upsold, Yeah. right? If a telco said to you, oh, the modem's great. Like I say to people, Aussie Broadband, right? Cheap little netcom Is that modem. you're with? You're with yep. Aussie Broadband. Did they give you a good, decent modem router? I don't know. It's a cheap yeah. – no, no. Modem, yeah. great, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, cheap mo- little – It's a modem's a modem. Modem, and this is what I say. I'm yeah. Just People say to me, which modem should I get? I say, just get whatever your telco sends you. Yeah. Just ask for the cheapest one because its ability to get you 100 meg speeds is guaranteed, right? Yeah. But it will be rubbish Wi-Fi, yeah. right? Then go and get a Google Wi-Fi. Go and get a Netgear Orbi. Go and get a D-Link cover. Go and get yeah. something that provides better Wi-Fi and your mind will be blown by how yeah. good it is. Well, that's the key, yeah. You got It's the Wi-Fi that, that, that does the trick there. But Plus, uh, if you're a fibre to the node customer, yeah. the copper, you know, not just the copper, you know, don't worry about the whole driveway copper thing. The copper in your house can be an issue. So yeah. if you're someone like this Naki McNaki that emailed me, he's got a phone <laughs> point here where the Telstra line comes in. Then he's got three phone lines through, throughout the house. Those phone lines all being connected are causing disturbance yeah. to the network. So you actually want to disconnect all the old ones that you're not using. You want to have proper copper but, wiring in your home but hang and, on a and then it'll be better. I'm going to go to the defense of Naki McNaki here. Mm. Why should he do that? He's had he's had his lines there. They've worked fine. Yeah, and we've got this this U-Butte network that requires him to disconnect the connections. That's not right. Uh, like, the problem why is should he have to do that. I, I remember when we lived on the Central Coast. Uh, I I ran a phone cable myself out the window, second yeah. story, just out the window into my room. To your girlfriend, yeah, bloody yeah. didn't have one, but you know, I was hoping <laughs> for a call. Um, but so, mate, I was able. You open the the little plug, and you 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 put a second wire in. You close the plug, yeah. you run the cable out the window, you create another plug. It's that easy to create a plug. Yeah. So the amount of dodgy, you know, not dodgy electricity, just bad wiring that yeah. exists is what brings down a lot of people's speeds, unfortunately. Now, it's actually not that hard to do. You probably don't even need to pay for it. But yeah. it is, unfortunately, the heart, a bit of the problem for some people. But, but that just to expand on that further, this Narky McNarky, as you've called him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he is... Like a, he was a customer wanting to pay his money, wanting to get a good connection, yep. expecting a good connection, yep. and and who, how did he? So he he found out through you that the copper in his house may be the issue rather than the NBN. Yep. So that that's that's another issue. That, and then I had the same issue here. Funnily enough, it was probably affecting his ADSL. Okay, like that's the okay. amazing thing is. Yeah, right. see this again. This goes to my point of. We didn't do speed tests 10 years ago. No, of course, because you just <laughs> got just the, internet. the internet. That's right. But now yeah. we go, I've got the NBN. Oh, my speeds are bad. Well, hang on. What speed were you getting before? Oh, yeah. it was much. It was rubbish, but uh, this is no better. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. So, no, but the, what I was going to say, though, what I was going to say is that the NBN um, and like the NBN comes into your house, and they did it here. They, they connected. They said to me, our duty is to put the, because I've got fibre to the curb. They say our duty is to put the connection box in the first 
available point in the yep. house. Yep. So the, the in the front corner of my house, and we're sitting in this room now, this is my theatre in the house, that's where they were going to put the modem. I said, well, I don't want the modem there. Yeah. And they said, well, that's we've done our job. It's up to you now. So I think that there's a little bit of a gap between where the NBN's responsibilities end and where the internet providers start. Yeah, there's I, a, that, that's, I hear. A, that's always that to me has been and not the speeds. I, that, that they're the complaints that I hear. Totally, they're those little like Narky McNarky's problem. Yeah. They are the problems that we're hearing. Not that the service is crap, although sometimes it is for some people because of the Wi-Fi or whatever. But they're those little areas of customer service where. All one of them needs to do is go that little bit of extra mile and problem solved. Yeah, but also, you you said NBN's responsibility, Telco's responsibility. The homeowner has a responsibility as well, right? So, you know, you you don't – it is your home. You can choose to do what you want with your cabling, right? I chose chose to have an antenna run from one part of the house to another and a a spin-off put to another part of the house. That was my call. That was my choice. I paid for that. Just like people are paying for better routers so they get better Wi-Fi. That's right. In in my case, like I'm still – I was still an Optus customer. Before the NBN was connected, my Optus service included a home phone that they changed – to, to get it to their cable that was up on the pole. Episode 133 yeah, it was, probably was. But, but, then, but, but what disappointed me was that they didn't anticipate that I was going to have this problem. I, they knew I was a fibre to the curb customer. I was using them still. I've been a customer for 20 years and they didn't anticipate that. I said, hang on, here's one of our customers who's on our old cable. We're, trans, we're, we're uh, uh, transiting him to the new to the NBN. What, it disappointed me they didn't anticipate that issue. That that's I think that they fell down a little bit there. And this again goes to the point. Most of the time, it's not actually the NBN. It's yeah. some form of communication, telco, yeah, yeah. or other issue that's causing the problems. Which and you know, like, like you said, it was it was like a hundred dollar job for an electrician, which Optus thankfully paid for to yeah. move the the phone connection where I wanted it. Yep. They sort of restored the connection back to where it was supposed to hit the house, and problem solved. Presto, done. Anyway, if you want more details of uh, the NBN announcements, techguide.com.au and eftm.com. And as we speak about NBN, we talk about wireless. Uh, Netgear are one of our great sponsors, and we do recommend their uh, their products because they work. Uh, if you put a Netgear Orbi, and this is how it works. We were just talking about the NBN. You've got a modem in the Tech Guide Theatre. Uh, it's well, giving it, you great it is, speed. It is, it used to no, be, I'm just saying. Yeah. Example, okay. example. Okay. Uh, it's giving you great speed if you're sitting on your floor in the corner, but that's doesn't that's not the rest of the house. So you put the Netgear Orbi router right next to the modem. It it's great, gives you good Wi-Fi in this room and a bit more. But then you put the Orbi satellite out in the lounge room, and it connects to the router wirelessly. You don't know about it, and it creates one big dome of Wi-Fi, and every single part of your home is covered with full speed, full strength Wi-Fi. And you'll never look back. And trust me, I've still not had a single person who's had the problem and I've recommended this kind of solution to them, ring up or email and say that did not work. If you've got great internet at the modem and you can prove that, uh, a Netgear Orbi will give you great internet throughout your home. If you want details, go to netgear.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. I'm not a massive fan of surveys. I think you know that. Um <laughs> But survey says, survey says, you know, we surveyed 100 people and we've decided that's the representative views of, a, of the whole country. So I got a thing this week from Kantar, who previously have sent me things like mobile phone operating systems and mobile phone um, sales shares and things like that. 
So it was interesting. The headline really is 13% of Aussie homes have a smart speaker, Google Home, Alexa, Siri, Amazon, oh, sorry, Apple HomePod, whatever you want to call it. But I actually went back and forward with them a bit here and said, listen, um, how many people filled out this survey? They've got a panel of 10,000 Aussies. And I asked them how many people filled out the survey. They said nearly 9,000 people filled out the survey, right? Wow, that's a lot. So out of nearly 9,000 people, they were able to get some interesting stats. So 13% of Aussie homes have a smart speaker. That, that on its own is, is a headline figure that's pretty, pretty big. 1.5 million smart speakers. Um, 6.4% of Aussies say they know a lot about smart speakers. Another 27% think they know a little. 33% say they've heard of them but know nothing, and 19% say they've never heard of smart speakers. So there's still a long way to go. What's, what's that? Exactly. Yeah. Mate, Google has a 70% market share. Wow. Like, that's massive. And a big brand, mate. Early adopter. They yeah. were the first. Yep. They also did a lot of promos, Woolies and the like. Yeah. And, and Can I give you another reason why that yeah. is? Um, Harvey Norman doesn't stock Alexa products. Yeah, right. So wonder why ha- that is. Harvey's, yeah. Well, they, oh, they Jerry, see, not like Amazon. They see Amazon as a massive competitor, <laughs> so they, they're favouring that they don't stock Alexa products at yeah. all. I think that's going to have something to do with it. 30-odd um, percent of Aussie homes with a smart speaker have more than one. Really? Yeah. 30%. Like, yeah, 5% of people have more than five. Holy hell. Right? That's percent of, of, that's of, you and, of that's already you owners. You well, exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting. Uh, when you look at the breakdown, and I didn't publish this, but when you look at the breakdown, Alexa, Amazon owners are more likely to have multiple devices. Ah. Just just ever so incrementally. Right. But I just think that their products are, I don't know, that it's just more, if you're inclined to go Amazon, you're inclined to go all in on it, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, There is a problem, though. Um, the where, net, do, where does... Um, the HomePod fitting. Oh, very. It's a very small number. Yeah, yeah. It's like six percent or something. Although Apple probably don't really label don't it as a they... smart speaker, do they? It's a, oh. it's a you know, bad it's luck. A, it, it, it's it's, a, it's in it's the an study. Audio. It's high end audio. People with them are not massive fans. Like it's like twenty to thirty percent of people go, yeah, it's awesome. The rest are either meh or bloody hate it. Uh-huh. That's not good for no, the market. Like the, that whole net promoter score thing. If thirty percent of people are likely to say it's rubbish. That doesn't help grow the market, does it? No. So that, and and some of the reasons people say it's rubbish is because it doesn't it doesn't answer questions well, um, or you know with HomePod for example you can't use Spotify, so yeah. there's there's detractions to it and and reasons why it's but, a bit frustrating. But you can use Apple Music on Amazon on Alexa. Sure. But that's yeah. my point is yeah, like yeah. if you're a Spotify person yeah. and you buy the HomePod, yeah, right. you, you've been left because the Spotify works on the other two, but not Correct. on the HomePod. Yeah, right. Streaming music is what everyone does. Forty-two percent of people say it's their primary use. Sixteen really? percent of people say their primary use is checking the weather. Checking the weather. That's what my kids do. Right. Every day. What's the weather? They ask okay. Google. Okay. Comes up on the screen. It's and fantastic. Checking the news. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. Asking general knowledge questions. Listening to the radio. Yeah. I thought that would be higher. Yeah, well, it's only 2% of people's primary use and 23% of people do it overall. Wow. But see, like, I, that's I my primary use of my smart speakers is listening to the radio. Yeah. Where whatever room I happen to be in, I just You are say, an old man, though, with old know, habits. Oh, I'm not, mate. <laughs> don't you listen to the radio? Old habits, not, only in the car. Okay. You don't listen to the radio during, no. in the house? No. Do you sit in your driveway and listen to the radio then or not? No, it'd have to be pretty compelling. <laughs> I mean, back, I in the, back in the day, Hamish and Andy was the kind of show that would would leave you parked in the driveway. Yeah. You'd get home and you'd go, no, I'm listening for this bit. Okay. And you'd hang on. No, I just like to hear stuff. Uh, when when there's a big story happening or uh, you know there's a there's a certain a person about to start their show, you, you, you tune in. 
yeah, no, there's no such people exist anymore that I, uh, <laughs> I tune into. Yeah. Um, just finally, though, in terms of where the market goes, the this study also asked everyone, so the full, you know, beans, the 9,000 people, whether they intended to purchase one. 6.4% of people said they intended to purchase one the next year. That's a good number. Um 5.9% said not in the next year, but they do intend to. 87.6% of people, no plans to buy one. Wow. Like they've got a lot of work to do. Which, But see, but you also, know what? look at Apple, right? And you yeah. go, tiny market share, big product, very expensive. Like imagine if they come out with a cheap one. Imagine oh, if yeah. they come out with the... With the screen on it. No, 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 no just, a, just a little one. Yeah. Just something that brings Siri, Siri yeah. to life in more homes. That's what they need. 120 bucks. Like a, yeah. uh, an app, uh, sorry, Google Home or an Amazon Echo, the, the Dot, yep. they're like 79 bucks. They're not, they're, right? they're not, I don't think they're playing in that space at the moment, but it'd be, uh, it'd be a game changer. I think it'd be a game changer if Apple went, radio. We're, we're coming out with $150 little Dot. We're coming out with, uh, you know... $400 screen HomePod, with yeah. decent sound and then we've got the HomePod with the booming sound. Yeah. Oh, no, you can't go bigger than HomePod. That's a bad move. But the uh, the 87% with no plans to buy one, mm. I think that um, people don't know they need it until they get it. I, I, I gifted yeah. I gifted my parents. A lot of a, people said yeah. they got them as a gift, yeah. Yeah, I gifted my parents with a Lenovo, the smart display, you know, the yeah. one with the 8-inch screen. Yep. And it's, that's Google Assistant. And... I just said, look, all you got to do is say, hey, whatever, and then ask for TGB or whatever you want to listen to, the weather, and they love it. And they, they're going to – I'm going to give them another one. They said, oh, we've got room downstairs. Yeah, I said, my oh, mother-in-law's got, got a – she's yeah. got a Lenovo as well. Yeah. Um, just for the – you know, and I gave them some here lights and stuff to turn yeah. on and off and just recipes and things and weather. Does the trick. Yeah, you know, they they listen to the radio. Um, my dad he 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 watches YouTube on it and everything. Ask ask for various clips and the screen's big enough to watch it, and he, he loves it. And in fact, he he knows when the internet's a bit slow when that doesn't work. He he, he rings me with Netflix. If Netflix doesn't work, obviously internet's down. Got and if and if he's uh, and if he's um, uh, if his uh, speaker's not working, yeah, he's he's so oh, look. I think the internet's not working. Has he got an Orbi mate? Um, he, no, he doesn't, no. Hook a brother no. up, come oh, on. Oh, <laughs> I will. Uh, uh, he's got all the Arlo cameras, though. Because oh, I don't want to break it to you, He's Stephen. Arloed up. Stephen, Darth Faber, Boba Fett, Chewbacca, uh, Han Solo, I don't know who Lando is. Lando, Obi-Wan, that's the new Kenobi. one. Listen, give your parents a bloody Wi-Fi network, you freak. <laughs> I have. No, they're hooked up. They've got a better one. They've got a Telstra smart, they've got the Telstra set up, the smart, the smart modem. Yeah. Okay, that's, why, why don't you just kick him in the pants? No. It's all good. It's all good. They're Give sorted. them a better modem, you horrible person. No, I've, I've looked after them, mate. Don't I worry. don't think they're you fine. have. They're fine. You've gifted someone a Telstra modem. No, no. Telstra gave him the Telstra modem. Well, that's even worse. No, they they got the smart modem, and they've got a. Uh, I've got now. They've got a, a range extender. I've given them. They've got a range extender. Oh, good. Yeah, that yeah. that no, works no. well. They're sorted. Yeah, they're sorted. Range extenders are rubbish. Yeah, but they've they've. Um, their setup at home is their their TVs and everything they need uh, is uh, connected with a cable from the motor, right? But uh, and then but Wi-Fi is only needed with some products that aren't far from from the motor anyway. The mm. router, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, full details of the, that uh, smart speaker survey at eftm.com. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is two blokes talking tech. We're going to go from one survey to another. Well, this isn't a survey. This is a report. This is a detailed report that has been done annually for, I think, the past seven years they've done this. Mm. It's it's the Interactive Gaming and Entertainment Association. It's IGEA. 
not IGA, not the supermarket, IGA. <laughs> no, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, they've done this in, in association with Bond University. And this is basically a snapshot of our gaming habits. And this, it's called Digital Australia 2020 Report. Uh, there's a lot of people surprised with this. People in the game that are already into gaming, they all know this already, that the, the perception that it's the, a young person's domain yeah. is actually not quite accurate. The 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 average age of a gamer in Australia is still thirty four, would you believe? Yep. And nearly it's half like half your age. Yeah, yeah. Funny <laughs> idiot. Idiot. I, re, I resent that remark. <laughs> so yes, what I was saying oh, it's getting to it. Average age thirty four. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's way younger than you too, by the way. And uh, nearly half of all players, this is significant, nearly half of all players are women. Yeah. So it's not like a boys club here. The game is the gamers are also, the chicks love gaming as well. Chicks, okay? dig it, dig it. And, uh, but the perception too that, that it is that young person's uh, adventure there, that, you know, it was interesting to see that less than a quarter of video game players are under 18. Yeah, but also 42% of those aged 65 years and over play video there games. There you have it. So it's a, it's a very powerful uh, survey, this one, which goes to show that, and we're talking here, gaming doesn't mean you've got a PlayStation and an Xbox. Gaming here is if you play Words an app on your phone, if you're on a tablet, exactly. So there's a lot of... There's there's a lot of people who are playing for a number of reasons. There's people who play to play. They're, they're competitive. They want to they play. There's other reasons why they want to. There's other, some people want to de-stress. There's other people who want to be social. Mm. Uh, there's other people who use it as more of an educational tool. Uh, and they even use gaming in some scenarios as a, as a training tool as well. The, um, the one I liked about this was the power of living well, as they described it, in an infographic. 73% of uh, people say it improves life satisfaction. Fifty-eight percent say it manages pain. So, yeah, you know, uh, th- that's a pretty unbelievable thing. Eighty-four percent promote general knowledge. Now, it is critical to talk again about the fact that it's not just Call of Duty. We're talking about words with friends and the yeah, like. Yeah, now, words with friends. The mental, uh, you know, training that you're doing there is yep. excellent for any age. I watch my kids play Minecraft, and we've gotten right back into it. It is, it is epic to see my kids build to see my kids use logic because while there's no gravity in Minecraft and that means you can build a 10, 10 blocks up and demolish the bottom nine and it stays up there. That's a bit weird. But you, if you want glass, you have to build a furnace out of stone. You have to get charcoal <laughs> and you have to get it. sand and you have to make glass. <laughs> you know, if you want a, a, a yellow wool, you have to shear a sheep and, and get a yellow flower and, and combine them. You know, it's, there's a lot of really cool things that it teaches kids that aren't real for the world, but they're, it's, crea- it's just an unbelievable education and, and the theory that goes into it, the, yeah. the gameplay that goes into it, that can be fun, it can be adventurous. There's so many cool yeah, things. Educational, and yeah. bottom line, I don't want to break it to you folks, but me sitting playing games with my kids for an hour is connection. That's so well. That's a, that's another part of this this report is the fact that we back in the day we used to sit around the TV and watch things together. Now families play things together. They yeah. play the games, and that that's their family yeah. time. So yeah. not only that, and to the older players that we mentioned, they they also video game for health. They they see it as like a positive aging uh, mm. exercise where yeah. they believe they they do their brain training by keeping their minds active with these games may help stave off dementia and things like that. So yeah. uh, there's also, too, that the skills that you have as a gamer 
could be used in various professions. So if you're a video gamer, you're more likely to be computer savvy and have yep. these knowledge and skills as well. So uh, it's not a waste of time. It's a fun time and an educational time and even a healthy time for these some of these players. Yeah. No, no, it's it's one of those important ones. I don't want to say it's like the NBN, but it can, it can be a very jarring topic in that same mm. way, you know, gaming – can have this negative connotation. But, you know, yeah. And what I hate is when they, they say, oh, the, playing violent video games could lead to this, this. So that's rubbish. Like, I've never agreed with that. There's some some the, some mass shooting somewhere and the, because some person played Call of Duty eight years yeah. ago, it turned them into a mass Listen, a, a maniac. Like, not, not I'll, right. I'll be honest. I'm going to come clean. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto. I've smashed a lot of cars. Yeah. I've run over a lot of people. I'm just going to be honest. Have you, I've shot a lot of people in Call of Duty too. Oh, mate, I've have had some, no desire to do that. I've in the done real some world. frankly horrific things in Call of Duty. <laughs> Any prostitutes involved? No, I've never come across them. <laughs> You're not playing it probably then. Yeah, <laughs> I just, mate. Do you know what Call of uh, Grand Theft Auto is one of the games? I just like the open. Yeah, world. the big sandbox. Yeah, it's I great. like to be able to. You just need drive to play. Around. Have you played Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, oh, I that, didn't like. It took me too long like to get a into Western, it. A Western, Far Cry was good for that. Far Cry was just open world. I might get back into that. But be careful how you say that. Far cry, far cry. Yeah. But mate, I I know how to have crazy, weird yeah. thoughts. I get it. Yeah, really. I know. I mean, anyone okay. anyone can look at the news and watch yeah. a criminal and go, "I could have done that," yeah. or "He yeah. should have done this," and he wouldn't have got caught, and all those kind of things. And the same with playing Call of Duty and playing Grand Theft. But yeah. mate, I've never had an inclination yeah, to steer my car into another car, let alone into a person. Of course. It's absolute rubbish that gaming does that because it's a pre-inclination yeah. of some sort that, that lends people to these horrible, violent yeah. things that there, go on. There's a few violent movies as well that people yeah. watch. Breaking like news. That's like, why we have ratings on movies and that's why yeah. parents – it's actually well, more games parental as well. things. Yeah. That, that was a battle. I remember working at the, t- the telly, this was a battle, yes. trying, trying to Getting get games. ratings – on a game, yeah, because they thought they think well, that's no, not really. They didn't really legitimize it as a yeah. form of entertainment. Now well, we're lucky. Now that's we all it. different. Now if parents know exactly what sort of games they're buying. All the details of the IGA supermarket survey. Uh, it's actually I- not them. IGEA. IGEA. Techguide.com.au and EFTM.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported proudly by Uniden, and they create a lot of great app cam solo cameras. And they are wire, they do have a range of wire-free cameras for your home, but they also have the app cam solo 4G, which allows you to place this camera as you would a normal wireless camera in your home. With 4G on board, it allows you to place this camera anywhere. So if you've got a holiday house, you want to maybe monitor a building site, you may be lucky enough to own a boat at the marina. You can place this camera and keep an eye on things at any time of the day or night. And you can also connect a solar panel, a Uniden companion solar panel. So it is basically a case of set and forget. You'll be able to monitor regularly. The thing's going to be powered up through the solar panel. And it does it does have all the same features you'll find on the regular range of the AppCam solo cameras, including full HD video that you can view live or and through the app. 
from anywhere. And thanks to that 4G cellular connection, you can check on it from anywhere. So you don't need a Wi-Fi network. It'll hook into the 4G network and allow you to view it remotely. It also, too, has the the proprietary feature ThermoSense on board as well, which detects heat and movement, so you're not getting any of those false notifications. It's also weatherproof, of course, so you can stay inside or out. Two-way talk is also included, so you can have a conversation of per- with anyone who happens to be beside the camera as well. But if you want to keep an eye on, on your precious home, your precious possessions, anywhere, you can do that with the Guardian AppCam Solo 4G from Uniden. Check it out, uniden.com.au. Well, speaking of gaming, a bit of a change to the approach in gaming with Xbox releasing on August the 1st, so it's available for pre-order now, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Stephen, this was the uh, quickest review I've ever done, the easiest reboxing I've ever done because I only took it out of the box for about an hour and a half um, <laughs> because I really just wanted to check that it was the same size as the current Xbox One S, yep. which it is. It looks the same. It's white. The black base. There's just no slot. There's just no <laughs> slot um, for it's the discless. Disc you're discless. Discless. Very slot, careful slotless. how you say that. Um, but disc it is, it, free game. It's a very interesting thing because the concept I love. I love the idea that this box just does digital gaming. You download off the internet, which we all do now anyway. Um, you watch Netflix streaming. It's it's great. It's cheaper. But here's my problem. I'm going to straight up tell you the problems. It's 350 bucks. It's only 50 bucks cheaper than the standard one. And it's, that's less than that. Like it's $379 at JB to get one with a, with a slot. It has three games. Great. Forza and Minecraft, that's a good inclusion. Yeah. Sea of Thieves as well. Never heard of it. Couldn't care less. Yep. Um, but, <laughs> mate, the Xbox One S was for a time and probably still very close to the cheapest 4K Blu-ray yes. player you could buy. Yeah, correct. So I'm, I'm, I'm losing the ability to play 4K Blu-rays. I'm losing the ability just to play DVDs. And you're losing the ability to buy a game at EB, play it, six months later take it back and get some cash and buy mm. another game. So the whole aftermarket trade disappears. Yeah, true. And I just but don't think the value is as good as it could be. They're not going to get rid of the, the regular one though, are they? No, no, the no. The regular this one's is, still there. It's just so another edition. just gives customers the choice. So that a store can go Xbox from 350 You know, yeah. you, it's an entry point. The PlayStation's going to struggle to beat an entry point when they don't have yep. a cheaper product, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's smart from a marketing perspective. It'll do very well in the lead-up to Christmas. Yep. And for many kids who just who, or parents who just want to get their kids an Xbox to play Minecraft on in the lounge room because it's the best way to play Minecraft because you can watch them, right? Yeah. That's where gaming should be done in the lounge room on the big screen TV. Absolutely. It's going to do everything you need. Like I look at oh, I had this stupid thing the other day where I was trying to test a 4K Blu-ray. I'll talk about it in a bit on the on the soundbar. And I went home and I got the bloody we got a PlayStation 4 Pro at the office. No no 4K. You Doesn't can't play, play 4K. You can't play 4K Blu-ray. Can Blu-ray's on it, that? right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You can 4K game. Whereas yeah. on the Xbox One S, you can 4K. 4K Blu-ray but can't 4K game. Can you believe it? It's just crazy. So I had to go and get the Samsung um, disk drive, but. Like having a PlayStation and an Xbox, having this Xbox without the disk drive deprives you of something. So mm. it's for a very small niche. But, Stephen, the question is, what is the future? Well, it, this this follows on what we're already doing with music and, and movies. Yeah. Like when's the last time you bought a CD? Like we're, we're Spotify, we're Apple Music, we're all doing Saw a car the other day driving and they had the – What's it called? The sun, sun visor down with all yeah. the CDs on it. And I went, good on you. 
Yeah. Good on you. Maybe, probably forgotten maybe, they're there. maybe they have the sun, the <laughs> yes. CDs up in the sun visor. You pull, pull out maybe Elton John, Wackins and Billy Joel. I just didn't have a big CD wallet in your car. You yeah. know, the big thing, you unzip it and you got all yeah, your CDs. Yeah, but when you're driving, you should get them straight from the sun visor. Well, I did. Well, my passenger would look after the discs, you know. Remember yeah. six CD stackers? Yes. My first car sold, I, I had that CLX. Merc, yeah. I remember getting a six CD stacker, yeah. putting in the boot. You know, and you have to take the cartridge out and I can remember restock when, it for your next when, road trip. When I it was got crazy. the uh, it was awesome. I remember getting the first iPod and trying to explain to people that because uh, I had a car connection kit, so I could put the yep. iPod in the car. Yeah, and I've got all these music, and I said, "Forget the CD stacker. I got my iPod." Mm. So yeah, how times have changed. But getting back to the Xbox, though, we should uh, the this follows on from the the habits of of customers yep. where. It's an on-demand and instant sort of gratification society we're living in where you can watch a movie, a TV show, download, stream music, and and the same is for gaming. This has been going on for a while, by the way, so people have been accessing games from the internet already. But you know know what? Even when you buy a disc, though, right, and you like anyone who's got got a PlayStation or whatever, you get the disc – Put it in the in the machine. Mm-hmm. You're still going to download a gigabyte file yeah. as well, at, like at, at best. I know. Like, so the what's thing. the point of the disc then? Yeah, it, it is insane because you get a brand new day one disc and then you got to download a huge game oh, update. It's, it's just, just unbelievable. Stupid. But, but the, yeah. and the other thing here is think about Game Pass. You know, subscription yeah. fee to get hundreds of games plus cloud streaming in the future. So yeah. in five years well, that, from now, that's the handy feature too. That's a good point because you could be say oh, we're playing here at my place, right? On the Xbox, we're, we're playing. Then we go to your place. All my saves, my game is in the cloud. I can pick up where I left off at your place. That's right. Yeah, but I'm talking five years in the future when cloud streaming oh, yeah, yeah, game yeah. goes. You don't even well, need you don't even need the console. Right? Yeah, I know, so yeah. we're getting to a point where you forget the disc drive. We're getting rid of the console. So yeah. it is it is a a, a toe. It's a it's a pinky toe, a little toe yeah. in the in the water. Of the future of gaming. And look, I think broadly, it's really a price point thing at retail yeah. to drive sales and good on them. And you can also do uh, play Netflix 4K through this as well. 4K okay. HDR Netflix. 4K HDR Netflix, Amazon. but no 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, there's no disc in it, you see. That's my problem. Yeah. So disc you mate, it is. Honestly, if you're going to JB Hi-Fi, yeah. this one's 349. The the Xbox One S three nine the disc nine. is 379 three at seven. JB Hi-Fi. So now the 30 bucks you get the disc. Might as well, eh? Because yeah. because the other one with the disc, you can still play online anyway. Yeah, it's unless like, unless it's your first Xbox and you don't have Minecraft or Sea of Thieves or Forza, you get it is, a, you it get is it for a nothing. bundle yeah, to true. get all those games you get included. It for free, yeah, yeah. free is good. Two blokes talking tech. This is two blokes talking tech. Jeez, the show's gone quick, Trev. We're not quite finished yet, but no, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking down no, the list, tease. thinking, geez, it's uh, we're already at this part. Uh, the part I'm talking about, of course, is uh, I took a little trip to Wellington about three weeks ago. People mm-hmm. were wondering, why do you go to Wellington for? And I said, well, you'll find out. As soon as you got on the plane, while. I went, oh, he's going to Weta. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's right. Yeah, I went to Weta Digital uh, as a guest of 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment, the fine people there. And we went behind the scenes. And you know, I'm a big movie head, mate. I'm really a big fan of movies and, and the, the technology and the special effects behind it. The movie that uh, we're talking about is Alita Battle Angel. Now, this mm. is uh, co-written and produced by James Cameron and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Now, this is based on a manga comic. So it, it's had a manga? cult following. Uh, it's a Japanese uh, origins. And it's had a massive following over the years. And when it was time to bring it to screen, they've, they've, this, the idea to have this uh, create a film from Alita has been around for more than 10 years. 
and James Cameron was tossing up whether he ta- he does this, directs this himself, or does his three Avatar sequels. He decided to do the Avatar sequels, but co-wrote this mm. and handed it off to Robert Rodriguez, who's a very capable the director. The last 30 seconds is why I didn't go to this trip. Well, I just, I just, that, none just, of this, this means is just, anything. This to is me. just the background, but, but no, I'm no. just saying oh, I'd never heard of the movie, never heard of the yeah. origins. Well, the 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 film itself is it's very much like uh, uses a similar technology that was introduced with Avatar. So they're yep. using uh, motion capture, they're using the face cameras to capture their expressions, and they've also like I, I did a video as well. So like, there's a massive motion capture stage. It's like the size of a basketball court. There's all mm. the cameras everywhere, and the virtual camera is what I'm holding in my hand in that video where you uh, you pan around the room and on the screen you see the virtual environment that's been created in this area. Mm-hmm. So you pan it up to the roof and down to the floor and you see the, the rocks and the things and the other characters and the robots and everything in the scene. It's just fascinating. But when they when they uh, had to create Alita herself, like that's Rosa Salazar is the actress. So they had to capture her with a motion suit, her facial expressions and everything. You'll see a picture down here where she's got all the dots on her face and the, the dual camera system capturing her expressions. But the level of detail that Weta Digital, to, to capture her skin, to make it behaviour behave the right way, they spoke to plastic surgeons about how muscles are supposed to move and just the, the level of detail they, they, they go to. I was also given the opportunity to create this this creature. There's a big massive robot in it. They call it, that's it's called a Gruishka in the film, and he's made of metal and and part flesh and all these different textures, and they even have built a library of of materials and how they behave in the different light and in shadow and when they're wet and when they're dry and when they're rusty and when they're aged. And there's this massive library that's built up and then paid forward to all the other productions, including Avatar 2, 3 and 4, which is mm. they're creating in Wellington as well. It's just the sheer computing power, but the skill and the attention to detail is phenomenal and you see it all up on the screen and the ultimate compliment to an special effects artist is that you didn't notice their work. You just thought that was how it was. Mm. That's the ultimate compliment you can pay. And I, I do interview Mike Cousins on the video, but also the full interview with him is going to be on my podcast, uh, the next Tech Guide podcast. So um, if, you're, if you're into any – the effects is incredible. Weta Digital, of course, behind Lord of the Rings – Avatar, all the Planet of the Apes movies, all these Amazing great titles. New Zealand export. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And uh, look, full stories at Tech Guide. I've, I've, there's a video there as well. My interview with uh, Mike Cousins, who's the animation supervisor for Weta Digital. The full interview will be on my next Tech Guide podcast. But everything on Tech Guide is right now. You can see right now the story and the video uh, of how they brought Alita Battle Angel to the big screen. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Stephen, this yes. is a cool review. It is a cool review because we were talking a few weeks ago when we received the Sony wireless noise cancelling earphones. Yep. And we lamented the fact that you can't plug these into a, a Plane. an airline mm. a, uh, in flight entertainment system. And uh, one of our readers actually, uh, one of our readers, one of our listeners tweeted saying, you know what you need? You need something. I heard what you're talking about. You need something like this. And they 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 also included uh, RHA in the tweet. And half an hour later, I got a message to say, look, we're, we're happy to, to send a product for you to review. Mm. And 
they're in, they're in Glasgow, and three days later, I had the RHA wireless flight adapter, which basically turns any 3.5 mil port or the dual port on an aeroplane. Yeah, so, so critically, it has the option of either single, single or, double. or double. So the, the, the two prongs, uh, they swivel they fold down. Out. You can have one fold out, you can have both out or whatever you like. So you can use it on the plane, but it turns the, it takes the audio signal and then allows you to link to it via Bluetooth. So it's a little Bluetooth transmitter. And because you can use it on the plane, of course, you don't have the cables. When you've got a he- Bluetooth headphones... There's a cable in there, so if in the case where you want to listen to the to the entertainment system, yep. you've got that option. But with the earphones, you don't have that option. But now you do. This plugs in to the uh, the two prong connection on the plane, and you're wireless. Bingo. Now how it works too? It's really simple. You put it in the pairing mode, and it uses proximity to pair. So whatever, if when it's in pairing mode, it's going to look for the nearest earphones or headphones that are in pairing mode as well. So yep. that's the first time they're paired. Then when you want Which to pair next time... Which could be a bit of fun. Which well, could be a bit it, of fun it, on a plane because if you don't if you don't turn yours on pairing well, and you just plug them you, in and pair it, you could screw the next person next maybe, to you. Maybe, but if, yeah, if you're trying to pair them for the first time on the plane, yep. that'd be an issue. But it does remember eight different headphones. Yep. So, And the second you turn it on and it's, in, it's, it's on as well, it'll latch on to one of those headphones. Yep. So it straight away connects. So that's pretty handy as well. The size of it too, I found this really interesting. It's almost identical size to the, uh, for, for people who want to get an idea how big it is, it's it's slightly smaller than an AirPod case. <laughs> so it's uh, th- that gives you an so idea of the size. It's not just smaller, it's the exact same shape. Like it is too, yeah. Rounded edges, corners, everything. I know. And I, I even tried it. So don't forget, you, you can not only use it on the plane, but it's got other uses. And I, I plugged it into my old iPod and I was able to listen to my iPod wirelessly. And if you're a gym junkie, a bit like yourself, mm, and you mm, use the mm. machines in the gym, sure, often you're you're connected. You got you always, yeah, you know, like the treadmill and the oh, stair and the and the uh, the um, the the bike and all that. Yep. So there's there's often uh, TVs on the wall, and you can plug in your headphones so you can hear one of the TVs. Oh. Well. If you've got Bluetooth headphones, earphones, how do you do that? Well, now with this, you plug the RHA adapter into the machine and then just simply use your wireless earphones. The only problem with this, don't forget it. Yes. Don't leave it behind. I've had a few people tweeting saying, I'd be scared if I had it on the plane, I'd forget it. Well, I said, well, don't forget it. Do you, do you remember to take your bag from the overhead locker? Yeah. Then don't forget it. Uh, so the RHA wireless uh, flight adapter, it's $49 US on Amazon. Um, no Australian distributors yet, but I think someone should get onto that because this has been a very popular story on my site. A lot of people are asking where they can buy it. At the very least, it put it on, on amazon.com.au, Amazon. folks. It is, yeah, well, it's on Amazon, so the US one, but uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be there. They're going to see a lot of demand for this. comes with a three-year warranty as well, so yeah. pretty handy. Good stuff. Check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I'll take your cheap audio device and uh, go one extreme to another. Um, I love a good soundbar because I love the idea that a soundbar genuinely takes a great viewing experience and makes it exceptional, right? And it could be any TV. (laughs) I plugged this Sennheiser soundbar, the Sennheiser Ambio, into an Audi TV. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's like putting uh, great tyres on a Volkswagen, yeah. I don't know. That's not the best analogy, but I know where you're going, right? You know what I mean. But look, the TV was good and the sound was exceptional. So then I went back to the Samsung and and hooked up the 4K Blu-ray and went all in. So the Sennheiser MBO surprised me a touch. 
big box, like enormous tall box, and a big soundbar. And I'm talking, it's got to be 20, 25 centimetres thick, tall, wow. as well as 20 And this is supposed to sit in front deep. of the TV? Yeah, and, and wow. this is the other thing. I, I had to... I had to put it initially on a little stand in front of the TV and then I had to get another stand for the TV. So it's wow. really, it's really, and when I tell you the price, you'll understand why. It's really for someone who's going to mount it on the wall or on an entertainment unit uh, under a TV, which is on the wall. So okay. at my house, this would have been perfect because my TV's on the wall and there's an entertainment unit there. Right-o. But the surprising thing to me was no rear speakers, no subwoofer. Oh, It's an all-in-one bar. Wow. And then I took it out of the box and there's this weird thing. And I'm like, what the hell's this? And it had a cable attached. It was a microphone, like it had a calibration microphone in okay. the box, and I'm talking wow. like a tall, one meter tall metal prong that you that you plug into the soundbar, point sit where you want to sit, and it spends five minutes doing a calibration. Blip, wow. blip, blip, nice. blip, blip. And then I sat down, and you know what I did? I played the demo disc. I mean, you know, before I watch Martian, which is what I do yeah. for 4K testing and sound, yeah. I I played the demo disc. You know, those ones we watch in, yeah. in demos? Yep. And it was raindrops. And it was the Dolby Atmos on, Dolby Atmos off. And I'm telling you, the raindrops were coming from the ceiling. I, I've heard Dolby Atmos in demonstrations at IFA, at CES, yep. in sound labs and all these things. But any time I get at home, it's good, but it ain't great. Yeah. This thing was phenomenal. Fantastic. I sat plenty of people, anyone that came to the office, I sat them in front of it and just said, listen to this, blown away. And they're looking around thinking, where does that sound from? $4,000. Okay. Okay. Three nine nine nine. Okay. Very expensive. There you have it. But mate, I've never heard a soundbar like it in terms of full immersive. It's five point one point four. Yep. Full immersive sound for me. I was blown away by what it was able to do as a single soundbar with no other units. Sub. No sub. No. So, the, but, no so you said five point one point four. So the point four is the Atmos. The point one is the subwoofer. That's so right. It's built in the subwoofer. It's built in subwoofer. Wow. Because mate, it's heavy. Okay, it's, yeah. a, it's a beastly unit. Well, you said what? It's 25, 20 oh, centimeters deep. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going hard fat. there. It's probably it's probably it's fat. fifteen. It's tall and right. it's and it's deep, like twenty centimeters. It's a big, big and all the speakers unit. are built in. Everything's so built there's up firing speakers on and the top of it. They're big. See, it's such yeah. a deep thing. They're big up firing speakers, yeah, and wow. I reckon that is why I'm getting such great atmos. But people, I, I'm telling you, of course, you look yeah. up and you go, "Where's that rain coming from?" Yeah, well. But people might think, you know, four thousand—that's a lot to pay. But you consider how much you need to spend to to create that with physical speakers. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. You're spending double that. So totally. And, to have that virtual—that's that's awesome. Consider people spending ten grand on a TV. Yeah. Um, if you're spending ten, fifteen grand on a massive TV, this is the kind of thing you'd consider. Absolutely. Like yeah. it's not for everyone, but I was blown away. Sennheiser Ambio is what it's called. Three triple nine, huh? Straight, it, there's an app and all these other things that it does, but broadly, just in terms of it's movie very, surround sound, it, it absolutely yeah. is the best impressive, thing I've heard. Impressive at home. with the calibration too. Yeah, that that, that, that means built-in calibration. You, you're, you're getting a decent product there. Yeah, they because did that if, here. if your left yeah. wall is is further away from the from the speaker than yeah. the right wall, then the, the, that needs calibration. It needs adjustment. Yeah, for sure. Very. Cool they did stuff. that here. They put microphones all in this room. Yeah, to, to do that. That's 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 if very. It's going to be done. It's got to be done right. Very impressive. Two blokes talking tech. All right. Well, I might take comfort in the Tech Guide Theatre for twenty minutes. Upload this podcast for sure. people. Uh, before we head into the city for the great Foxtel announcement, which hopefully is somewhat similar to what it's we just announced Paddington on the show. To be tech, to be mate, that's to the be city to exactly. me. Paddington, yeah. it's is the, that city. the city. Okay, yeah, I don't want to break Fair it. Enough. The big smoke. That's the city. Yeah, Surrey Hills. Did you bring city. A, did you bring a cut lunch with you to get back home? Or? Cut lunch. <laughs> 
No, but I might have something on the way home. No, yep. uh, all good. Uh, Stephen, city. let's do it again next week. I'm there. Um, we'll we'll circle back on the whole gym thing. I'm already off it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no commitments, mate. All good. That lasted, what, all of an hour? Oh, just a bit less than an hour, probably. <laughs> you never know, mate. Never know. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Unity. And for episode 398. We're getting close. And, and I don't want to break it to you, but if you are thinking of sending a cake and you haven't reached out for our address, <laughs> that's a pretty critical part of the whole cake Awkward, thing. Awkward, yeah. Awkward. Yeah. We know who's sending a cake by by the number of people who've asked for our address. Yeah. Like, where are you going to be for episode 400? <laughs> well, you need well, to ask us. We'll probably be in... I, I have a feeling. we're going to be in New York. Yeah, I think 399 isn't next. It's two weeks away. So 398 oh, yeah, is right. next week. Okay, 399 right. will be in New York. And then the week after that, I'm in LA. What do you want to do? You want to record on the High Line, three four hundred, four hundred on the High Line. <laughs> uh, you're going to be in I'm LA. Surprised you even know the High Line. That's cool in New York. And I'm a New York local. I love great. New York. High Lines are awesome. Love it. Yeah, can't oh, wait to have the kids too. there. It's got to yeah. be older. Um, yeah. Uh, when do you get back from LA? Um, on the uh, late. To, yeah, we'll discuss that off air. Yeah, I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah, <laughs> Star Wars Disney. Galaxy's Edge, baby. Stephen's going to Disneyland. <laughs> Got my, my I went last year with my kids. There you go. <laughs> I was there with my kids ten years ago in Disneyland on our trip in America. He's older than me. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, and Star Wars wasn't around then. Of course, there was uh, the Galaxy's Edge is only a recent. If only the movie wasn't around then. Uh, yeah. We'll be back, <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> next week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.